Today on the Daily Getter Daily Thoughts, we'll look at Larry Elder's chances to be the next governor of California. We'll look at something uh, George W. Bush said that has a lot of Trump fans angry. But I'm thinking there may have been an actual bigger dig at the cancel culture in there. We'll we'll look at the uh, look at the words and see what you think. Well, here we go again. We, uh, we know the Lee statue in Richmond was taken down, the monument to General Lee. But there were items placed in the time capsule that's supposed to be opened in 100 and I think 30 years or 131 years. Uh, we'll look at what the items were. And uh, we'll see if that's uh, a good thing or a bad thing, the items that were put in. We have another man shot dead by police who was, quote, unarmed. We'll look at the actual facts of him being, quote, unarmed. Uh, Justice Breyer of the Supreme Court is not uh, not in favor of packing the court, apparently. We'll look what a liberal justice says about it. We've got a lawmaker that uh, tried to send a message about taking down statues, and he got it partly right and really partly way wrong too at the same time and yes my friends we will look at a story about subway the sandwich place where an employee fought off an armed robber and defended herself and now she's been suspended we'll look at the meaning behind this is uh is your self-defense safe when you're getting a sandwich made at subway hmm interesting All that and more, my friends, today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought on this Sunday. Time to kick this pig. friends. Well, we all know that Gavin Newsom is possibly the worst governor in the history of the well, governors. We know that California has recalled him, at least set up a recall election. And we know that Larry Elder is the most likely among those challenging for Gavin Newsom's seat to supplant him. For that to happen, Elder would have to get the most votes of those people 
wanting to recall Newsom and the majority of California voters would have to vote to remove recall Newsom. Uh, if that were to happen, Larry Elder would be the new governor. But apparently, I don't know what's happening here. This is from Newsweek. And the story is that uh, Elder's chances of replacing Newsom uh, aren't that good anymore. They were great. Now they've gone to kind of on the bad side, apparently. And I wonder why. I wonder if this just, just uh, is just maybe a scare tactic or a demoralizing tactic by the media to do anything they can to prevent a black conservative uh, from being a governor of a state like California. Hell, it might ruin California for the left. He might actually start to fix things. He might win re-election. Others like him might win elections. You might get more conservatives on the uh, state legislature. Who knows? California might actually become what it could be, a great state again. If people with common sense and not political left-wing hacks like Newsom uh, and radical leftists, if they are out of power and real Americans, people with functioning brains, actually were in power, they might do some good for the state and California might go red. And that would be disastrous. You'd never see, well, you'd probably never see another Democrat elected president. Hmm, interesting. But this article says, by Derek Roach, says, uh, conservative radio host Larry Elder appears on track to win the most votes of the 46 candidates running to replace Governor Gavin Newsom in the California recall election that's coming up, I believe, next week. Elder's running as a Republican. Looks like he'll miss out on the state's top job, however. <coughs> Bookmakers, uh, Betfair, uh, which operates the world's largest online betting exchange, told Newsweek that Elder's odds of replacing Newsom are eight to one. So not that great. That means, and you know what that means, you bet a buck, you'll win eight if he wins. Uh, but a, a Betfair spokesman told Newsweek that Elder's chances of winning the most votes on the replacement are one in 50. <clears throat> Based on these odds, uh, Elder is almost certain to place first among the replacement candidates. A result which is also born out of recent polling. So Elder's the favorite to win the number one slot among the challengers to Newsom. But Elder's likely victory on the replacement ballot will not be enough to land him the governor's job unless <coughs> it's a two-part election, basically. Voters are asked first if they want to recall Newsom. Uh, if 50% if of voters choose to remove the governor, so just half, he will lose his position, and then the replacement ballot comes into play. So the key here is whether Newsom wins 50, uh, more than 50% of the vote. Uh, for That would be people not recalling him. But have cha things changed in California recently? I mean, the problems are still there. The absolute rampant homelessness and people living in streets and drug problems, extremely high inflation there. you got everything going wrong in California. All the things that were there before Newsom got recalled, 
are, are as bad or worse now. So the question is, is the media just trying to, to, to rain on the parade of conservatives? Are they trying to maybe push down voter turnout for those who are seeking to get Newsom out of office? Maybe they're trying to save him. We'll see. I certainly hope that uh, Newsom is recalled, and I certainly think it'd be great, absolutely great if Larry Elder won, because he's not going to put up with any BS. He's going to do what he thinks is right. In other words, he's going to govern. Imagine that. A governor governing in California and not out of left-wing politics. <clears throat> now, let's look at uh, something that... Uh, always catches my eye. Uh, Brendan Cole writes this, uh, also on Newsweek. Man shot dead in McDonald's by police was unarmed, holding a cell phone. That's a common headline. And a lot of times these stories, if you just read the headline, you go, man, what a dumb cop. Right. That would be the if you don't really have a dog in a fight, you're just kind of scanning headlines. You would think, oh, this cop must have been an idiot. The guy was holding a cell phone. He shot him dead. We got to we got to have we got to stop police from doing this. Right. Well, here's the actual story. A police officer fatally shot a man who he believed was armed, but had, in fact, only been excuse me, holding a cell phone. That's from the Vermont State Police. Rutland City Police Corporal Christopher, Christopher Rose shot Jonathan Daniel Mancia in the bathroom of a McDonald's on August the 25th as he tried to apprehend him following a police chase. Okay, so there's a police chase. This man's running from police, then he's trying to hide in the bathroom. Okay. Rose told investigators in a voluntary interview that he saw an object he perceived to be an unknown weapon before firing his gun and hitting Mencia in the chest. <clears throat> An autopsy said that Mencia of Coral Gables, Florida, died of a gunshot wound to the chest. Uh, Vermont State Police Captain Scott Dunlap said that during the confrontation, Mencia had held the cell phone up. But there was no verbal communication from him. Now, understand before I read this last part, <clears throat> You saw the headline, you know, one paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs. Uh, down in the fourth paragraph, at the end of the fourth paragraph, we get some very important information. <clears throat> Listen again. There was no verbal communication from Mancia towards the officer from him before he charged at Rose in the bathroom. Guess what happens when you charge a police officer? You could get shot. Why would you charge at a police officer to prevent getting arrested, to hurt him, to kill him? Would the officer be reasonable in fearing for his life? I think so. <coughs> so the fact that he charged at the officer only mentioned in the end of the fourth paragraph, the release of the information, the story goes, which follows interviews and witness statements is the first time police have revealed the details of the shooting, including whether or not Mancia was armed. 
Police said that leading up to the shooting, there had been a hit-and-run crash in a parking lot on North Main Street in Rutland, and Mancia's vehicle had fled the scene. Officers saw the car at various locations, and a chase with Mancia ended when he crashed into a delivery truck <clears throat> at an intersection and then ran into the nearby McDonald's and went inside the men's room. <clears throat> Rose entered behind Mancia and saw Mancia's lower extremities under the gap at the bottom of a stall. Mancia then exited the stall and ran towards Rose. The officer said he observed an object in Mancia's hand that he perceived to be an unknown weapon. So a band, you chase, hit and run, you chase him, you pursue him into McDonald's, he goes to the men's room, shuts himself in the stall, then he opens the stall and comes at the officer with something in his hand, and the officer shoots him. Sounds a whole lot different than police just shot an unarmed man who was just holding a cell phone, doesn't it? See how media bias works, folks? Uh, Rose rather fired three rounds from his department-issued handgun and hit Mancia twice in the chest. Now, <clears throat> understand the media has a job to do. They reported the facts, but the order in which they presented the facts really wasn't designed or meant to be factual. So this is either really piss-poor writing or a deliberate attempt to make the, the person that was shot by police into an innocent victim rather than a, a violent criminal who was attacking a police officer. See how that works? And we'll follow this story if I can to see exactly. Uh, <clears throat> uh, just uh, we'll see where, uh, where this goes, and hopefully there will be no riots out of it. <clears throat> uh, but we'll see again. Hopefully there will not be that problem. Now, let's look at something really quick that, uh, that really bothers me. <clears throat> and a lot of things uh, bother me about uh, what happened in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia this uh, past week with the, uh, the statue a monument to Robert E. Lee was put up in 1890. It was taken down this past Wednesday. And a lot of people, the social justice warriors, were cheering and so happy and so hopeful for some reason. And the question, the first question I would ask them was, what problems were there in the city of Richmond, Virginia, that made, that would, that you would rank as the top problems? Crime, taxes, property, whatever it would be. I guarantee you, if I were to phrase it this way, I'd say, what problems were bigger than a statue to Robert Lee? Most people, I guarantee you, would have said, listed several problems before it. Because as always happens in these cases, I heard people say, multiple people say, again, now we can get on to bigger problems. Why didn't you get on to the bigger problems before? If they're bigger problems, if your house is on fire, do you really need to know whether whether uh, you left the TV running? No, the bigger problem is your house is on fire. <clears throat> so I'd like to get that 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 question answered, and I'd like to ask people if they would rather the money spent 
to take this monument down and it's got to be expensive it's a very uh very tough procedure to go through very expensive it has to be to do this would the money have been better spent on fixing potholes cutting taxes paying off city debt what could have done better good with that money and i'd like to just get them to think on that <clears throat> but there is a time capsule that has been put under uh, under the uh, what do they call it the base of the statue the pedestal is what the actual monument set on uh, workers search for a time capsule from the 19th century, believed to be buried in or around the cornerstone pedestal, but their search wasn't successful. Would have been fascinating to see what was in it. <clears throat> Maybe a note that said, if you've taken this monument down, you're doing government wrong. Uh, but the installation of a new time capsule in the structure was completed early yesterday morning. The capsule contains items related to current events, including the COVID-19 pandemic and not an academic, a pandemic, I'm sorry, my mouth rebelled against me, and recent, quote, racial justice protests, according to the Associated Press. Whenever you hear, here's, here's a pro tip for you, free advice. Whenever you hear the left talk about anything with a word immediately followed by justice, environmental justice, racial justice, this justice, that justice, whatever. Understand what it is. It's a front for some Marxist proposal, principle, or or uh, a tactic to hurt the country and, and tear down America. That's the ultimate goal here. <clears throat> the items included, and this I believe will be opened in 130 years so we probably won't be around to see that and god knows what this country will be in 130 years but the items includes include a black lives matter sticker i wonder if on that sticker it also has a number to call for how to build people out of money and then buy some really nice real estate because that's what black lives matter is about apparently and expired vial of pfizer covid19 vaccine and a photo of a black ballerina raising her fist uh, near the formerly statue during protests last summer when thugs defiled all the monuments and, and really made Monument, Monument Avenue in Richmond a, a, an incredibly beautiful site. Incredible art, incredible monuments. Uh, really made it look kind of like a third world country. And a third world country might have been a step up. To them, to the left, this is progress. Tearing down beautiful artwork and monuments, which mean a lot uh, in a positive way to more people than they, they are perceived negatively. That's why Virginia didn't decide or the city didn't decide to vote on this because Richmond is the capital of Virginia. I imagine the, the results of the, the vote to rather to leave the monuments that were on Monument Avenue, including Jeb Stewart, uh, Jefferson Davis, and Stonewall Jackson, and of course Lee. And there was another one to Confederate sailors and, and uh, infantrymen as well. So the vote would have been heavily to keep the monuments. It always is. The reason Mississippi finally changed their state flag, they didn't put on a referendum. 
They didn't let the people vote. The people had voted in that state several times and voted to keep the state flag what it was. Same happened in Georgia. The people consistently, way back when, voted to keep the flag with the, the image of the Confederate battle flag and part of it. So you can't let people vote or speak or have their voice. This is, again, understand who's always screeching at us about every vote should count. I guess they mean that. They just don't want certain certain elections or certain issues decided by votes because they know they'll lose. So they don't really believe in democracy. Not that America is a democracy, but they don't believe in democracy. They believe in their way, however they get there. But back to the, uh, <clears throat> the items placed here. Uh, again, a picture of a ballerina with her fist raised. Oh, that's moving. People 130 years from now probably say, what the hell is that idiot doing? Uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, which is reputed to be a newspaper, reported that the capsule also contains prayer beads that belong to a person who died from COVID-19, a steel railroad spike found in Richmond's uh, Africa Ancestral Burial Ground, uh, and signed collection of Pulitzer Prize winning columns from the Times Dispatch, but not just any Pulitzer Prize winning columns. These columns that somehow won a Pulitzer Prize uh, on dismantling the legacy of the Confederacy in its former capital. In other words, one of the biggest pieces of Richmond, Virginia history is it was the capital of the Confederacy. It was the capital of a new nation founded and that survived four years. That's where the Confederate Congress, Confederate White House, where Jefferson Davis and his family lived. <clears throat> so that's the that's a big part. And of course, Lee Jackson Stewart, Army of North Virginia, defended the capital of the Confederacy, Richmond, against several Union armies that tried to get in there and capture it before it eventually was surrendered. So you understand the historical context is, is crystal clear as to why you would have monuments to the generals who were defending the capital. And to, to try to say that uh, that shouldn't exist. We should just erase that history. That is such a dangerous, dangerous thing. In fact, if you really want to know how dangerous, consider the history of how conquering armies, and I don't mean conquering democracies, I mean conquering hordes, armies that wanted to dictate and control and rule with an iron fist. What is their history of burning books and taking down statues and arts, etc., etc.? It's as long as anyone's arm you've ever seen. And it's always the bad thing. It's always trying to what? Destroy what you're conquered. That's why the Buddhas in Afghanistan were destroyed by the scumbag Taliban and uh, Al-Qaeda. That's what they do. And here's the left here, stupid enough to take part in the same thing. Because they can't see their, their the forest for the trees. They can't see the history they're destroying while trying to what they call justify history or have have justice. Their justice only includes tearing stuff up that they don't want you to know about, that they don't want studied, and then you must accept their, quote, truths. 
So again, they're going to have all this garbage in here in the pedestal, in the time capsule that's in the pedestal. <clears throat> and of course, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who did not have shoe polish on his face this time, uh, he spoke and said, after 133 years, the statue of Robert Lee has finally come down, the last Confederate statue on Monument Avenue and the lodges in the South, Northam said. The public monuments reflect the story we choose to tell about who we are as a people. It is time to display history as history and use the public memorials to honor the full and inclusive truth of who we are today and in the future. Well, Governor Northam, <clears throat> Captain Blackface, can I ask you a question? If I could, I would ask the governor this question. <clears throat> How can you display history as history to honor the full and inclusive truth of who we are today and in the future? How can you possibly do that by taking statues of historical figures, historical times down and erasing them? You say you want to do here. This is what I want to do right here. I want to do A and keep B, but I have to get rid of B so I can have A. This man's a moron trying to justify this as some type of pursuit of historical factualness. No, it's not. It's a time when people are angry, they're ignorant, they want to take these things down. Instead of educating, talking, having reason debate, reason discussion, having historians all come and tell a story, no, we've got to whitewash everything and then decide what we'll put up. The left, that is, not us, of course. Uh, Northam's office also noted that the statue was erected in 1890 during a generation after the, after the Civil War, during a time in which Southern states were working to reinforce white supremacist system and structures across their government services and societies. <coughs> That's a pretty common thing to fall back on for the left. Well, we're taking them down because uh, you know, they were just put up because of white supremacy. Uh 25 years after the war between the states ended. A statue to a Confederate general who defended the capital of, of Richmond, Virginia being erected. That seems kind of, well, 25th anniversary. And the fact is, the main purpose behind these, the reasons a lot of Northerners supported them, reasons like uh, President Grover Cleveland, Returned the captured battle flags of the Confederate armies that the Union Army had captured during the battles. Return them to the South. Reconciliation. Let's make peace. One of the biggest leaders for reconciliation for Southerners who had, who had fought for the Confederacy. To do what they needed to do to get back to being Americans. Uniting everyone. Let's move forward. And also a leading advocate for doing everything he could and we could to further civil rights. Who would that man be? There were several. But one would be named, yes, General Robert E. Lee. I guess General uh, Governor Blackface slept through that part of history. Or maybe he was getting his face painted. Who knows? And also the statue of Jackson taken down. Well, he actually broke Virginia law at the time by running a Sunday school to teach blacks freed and slave to read because he cared about them, wanted them to be able to read the Bible, wanted them to be able to become Christians. 
Hmm, imagine that. That's that's not really white supremacist, is it? If you study Jackson Lee, you know neither one of those men was that. Jeff Stewart, another statue, he freed his slaves before the war. And by the way, when these men freed their slaves, the language was put in there that they will never be slaves again. Those three men I just named, Stewart, Jackson Lee, if there had been no call for troops to invade the seven original Confederate states, if that had never happened, Virginia would have never seceded. Those men would have never fought. Now, they might have fought, <clears throat> as they did when Virginia seceded, obviously, but what if Virginia never seceded? What if the governor, John Lecter, at the time said, we just want to be out of this. <clears throat> We're not going to give you troops to subjugate states that have left that don't want to be part of the country anymore. We're not going to support you being aggressive against them. We're not going to support them being aggressive against you. So what if the Confederate strategy had become somehow, we really need to go capture Washington, D.C.? They would have had to go through the state of, well, Tennessee and North Carolina, which also voted not to secede eventually and only seceded after the call for troops. What if those states had not seceded and the Confederate Army came through those states to get to D.C.? The same people who fought in North Carolina and Tennessee against what they considered northern aggression unjustified northern aggression, they might have fought against the same thing if they came from the South. And Virginians, Stuart, Jackson, Lee, and many others. I'm just referencing those three because they had statues, monuments taken down. Taken down. You don't think they would have defended Virginia against a Confederate army coming through to subjugate the, the American United States Capitol? You're crazy. But again, to understand things like that, you actually have to study history. So that's why the monuments have to go after you've demonized and demonized and demonized the people the monuments are to. And demonize and demonize and demonize the people who are standing up for those statues. Because of the cultural, the heritage part of it, the history part of it. And yes, the ideological part of it. Very sad, my friends. Very sad. Governor Northam should be ashamed of himself and no one no one should be trying to glorify taking down and erasing history it is uh, despicable i got another little story about that too something a republican said that had some worth and some well stupidity in it too take a small break i'll be right back my friends stick with me Right now, let's take a little break from the erasing of our history. Let's talk about Justice Stephen Breyer. He's on the Supreme Court. And he's been there for I don't even know how many years. It's, it's been a while. But according to The Hill, Jordan Williams writing, uh, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, no, he doesn't make ice cream. Stop it. Remember your diet, people. Uh, Stephen Breyer has issued a warning on remaking the, the Supreme Court, stating what goes around <clears throat> comes around. Uh, Breyer made the remark in an interview with NPR 
That's National Public Radio. Published Friday to, to promote his book, The Authority of the Court and the Peril of Politics. What goes around comes around. And if the Democrats can do it, the Republicans can do it, Breyer told the news outlet. <coughs> uh, conservatives currently hold a 6-3 majority on the high court, leading to some progressives to call for its expansion. Uh, that would have to happen in the Senate, by the way. I don't know if I'd call the conservatives hold a, hold a 6-3 lead. I think 5-4. I don't know if uh, Chief Justice John Roberts counts as a conservative anymore after he sold his soul out to Obamacare and all his credibility, frankly. <clears throat> President Biden signed an executive order in April. It established a commission a commission to study a commission to study whether to add seats to the Supreme Court an idea that Biden himself has remained neutral on he may not be neutral he probably just can't remember what the hell he thinks about it or what the hell is he supposed to think about it hmm. <coughs> pardon me my friend sorry uh, Breyer has previously warned against so-called court packing. And I think Stephen Breyer is right. There's no question he's a, he's a liberal-leaning justice. But you see, something about Stephen Breyer, he may actually be a liberal. I don't know his... I haven't heard enough opinions from him to say he's a leftist or... But actual liberals think... And they don't want to go around changing every time the wind blows the direction they don't like. They're not the biggest fans of in the filibuster, bring the filibuster back in the, in, in the, in the Congress, pack the Supreme Court, unpack it. They're not like that. They tend to think things over. They may end up being wrong, but at least they think. They don't emote. They don't react. In uh, remarks for Harvard Law School back in April, Breyer warned that changing the court could harm public trust in the institution even more than John Roberts has. Breyer's book argued that uh, public acceptance of the high court's opinions that fortify the rule of law is essential to uh, democracy, according to the news outlets. <coughs> in the NPR interview, Breyer uh, pointed to comments from so former... <coughs> Senate Democrat leader Harry Reid of Nevada that he made following the 2000 presidential election when the Supreme Court essentially ruled that George W. Bush had won the race. Actually, that's incorrect. They simply ruled that Florida had done their duty and the recall had, had worked and Bush was president. They didn't rule that Bush should be installed as president. They simply ruled the legalities, which is what they're supposed to do. He said the most remarkable thing about this case is even though probably half the country didn't like it at all, and Breyer, in his opinion, said it was totally wrong, people followed it. They didn't throw uh, brick bats at each other, and they didn't have riots. Whoa. He may be scolding Black Lives Matter. He better be careful. 
Breyer also said he welcomes a resumption of own of in-person oral arguments after the court had gone viral during due to the coronavirus pandemic. And it should be noted. I just found that this out, my friends. Uh, Breyer, when he said that, that the resumption of uh, in-person oral arguments uh, should be brought back. Apparently, Bill Clinton, if the court is packed, now wants to be part of uh, wants to be a Supreme Court justice because did I hear oral arguments. I'd like to be. I think I need to be a justice. I'm, I'm an expert in oral arguments. What? Monica won't be there. Damn it. I missed that blue dress. It just did it for me. <laughs> oh, don't tell Hillary. She'll kill me. <clears throat> but again, I think uh, Brad's right. I've never been a fan of court packing. It will lead to chaos and more politiciz- politicization of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court should rule on the law, not the politics. Too often... We see cases where it's it's pretty much cut and dry, and justices are on the liberal side, uh, Kagan and Sotomayor and Breyer, will just kind of ignore reality and, and vote the li- the liberal way. I guess that's to be expected. But when you start getting into this rotating idea that we have a filibuster, we don't have a filibuster in Congress. Uh, nine justices, maybe seven. No, I have 15 justices. It's <clears throat> another idea that's floated by the left was uh, what rotating justices. Oh, good Lord, so it's gonna have relief. Relief, yeah, we'll have be like relief pitchers. If a big case comes up, the the president can send out to the bullpen, they can start the uh, the left handed middle reliever warming up or something. Uh, not good, friends. Not good. Stephen Breyer's right. We do not need to pack the courts. And uh, we darn sure don't need Bill Clinton. <clears throat> now let's talk about a, well, a reprehensible lawmaker. Lawmaker who calls for statue of Abraham Lincoln to be taken down. This is from the Daily Caller. Brianna Lyman from uh, from yesterday, a Republican Missouri state representative, said if people are taking down statues, statues of former President Abraham Lincoln should be removed too, saying he was reprehensible. Uh, Representative Tony Lovasco uh, tweeted Thursday that if we insist on tearing down statues of of reprehensible people. Let's at least be fair and balanced about it. Along with a picture of the Lincoln Memorial, Lovasco then followed his tweet with another statement. Uh, It's unfortunate how many people think saying Lincoln was reprehensible equals some kind of support for the Confederacy, especially given the context of my tweet. It's quite possible to point out that Neither Lincoln nor Lee uh, were good people deserving honor. <clears throat> well, I think what he's trying to do here is say, look, we're 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 taking the cancel culture way too far, and every statue now is under the under the microscope, and that, that's fine to say. I think Lincoln and Lee both clearly 
and any sane mind are are worth uh, monuments, multiple monuments, <clears throat> because they they were two of the biggest, well, Lincoln in the entire history of the country, and in the most <clears throat> meaningful historical episode in our history, they were both major players. Of course, you're going to have monuments to them. And while I think he's right to say, you know, what if these statues offend you? What if those statues offend you? And where does it end, basically? That's true. Uh, but he used it in a very poor fashion. And, of course, today people people don't think about the meaning of something. They just emote. They react. They fly into a rage. And then as, as people down the line are told, it's like that old game where, what was it, pass it on, where you say something Next person says to the next person, by it gets to the end, by the time it gets to the end of the line, completely, completely, <clears throat> completely wrong in, in many cases, completely changed the meaning. Uh, but then Lavasco, who, who spoke with the Daily Caller, said he's not officially calling for the statue to be removed, and his comment was mostly sarcastic. Lavasco, however, said this, which pissed me off. While Lee may have been a terrible person and should be condemned as such, Lincoln was no hero. I don't know where you've read that Lee was a terrible person. I think you've read some revisionist history from the past few decades, uh, last 20, 30 years, that this is a popular thing for people to lie about now. And he made some, uh, some points about Lincoln forcibly conscripting people to fight against their will for the Union Army, suspended the right of habeas corpus, that is a big one, and was responsible for the needless deaths of thousands of people, including a large number of Native Americans. And then he said, I'm not calling for statues to be removed, but in my view, neither Lincoln nor Lee are deserving of public honor. Well, Lovasco, you're probably not fit to buy a loaf of bread at the store, quite frankly, because you... Again, pretty commonsensical thing to say you got to be careful, but you prove you're as stupid as they come. Historically speaking, you're a buffoon, so just shut up. You ever eat a Subway sandwich, my friend? I'm sure you have. Uh, I used to eat a Subway quite a bit, uh, but I just got tired of... Uh, there was one really close to the house, actually two, and the service said both of them got worse and worse. And I just stopped going, and you know, I started actually buying nice, really good bread at the store and lunch meats and cheeses and and, and fixing them how I liked. So that was enough for me. But uh, you might not want to go to Subway after this. And no, it's not a story about a gigantic roach making out with a gigantic rat in the lettuce or anything. <clears throat> this is something far worse. Trisha Crimmins yesterday wrote this for the Daily Dot. On September 5th, Araceli Satello was working at a subway when a man came into the restaurant and robbed her. So it's... Uh, Satello was alone in the restaurant and the incident was captured on surveillance video. Although the man took her purse, Satello defended herself and fought him off. After the video began circulating online, Subway suspended Satello 
Uh, she told WTVO, a local Illinois news outlet, that she did not leak the video. She has, however, posted it on TikTok. The video with, uh, begins with Satella yelling, stop and move at the man who has pushed her into an area behind the restaurant's main dining space. As the two continue to fight, Satello tells him he's going. Uh, she's going to call the police. I don't know if there were any other employees there. Uh, really, just to hint the subway, to have a place like a fast food place, any place really, to have just one person working by themselves is not the best of ideas when you're trying to hopefully not have crimes. <laughs> Even today, my friends, in uh, in broad daylight, it's not the best. Uh, so if you she was there alone, that's not really that's not really smart management, Subway. Uh, but she gets him in a chokehold, hits him, pulls him over toward the door of the restaurant, kicks his gun out of his hand, picks it up, holds it away from him, and demands for her purse back. She then hits him in the head with his own gun. Hold on a second. Bravo, young lady. Bravo. Good for you. Uh, that she should get an award. If I ran Subway, I would say, you know what? You need to be in the corporate side of things. You need to. We're going to talk to you about setting up some security. We're going to security experts and we're going to get you to help them. Uh, because good for her. Uh, she told WTVO that the man entered the restaurants, demanded she give him all her money. He then showed her his gun and said, give me everything before I hurt you. Subway has informed Satello that she is suspended from her job until all traces of the video are removed from the Internet. So basically, they're looking out for themselves. They don't want to look bad. They don't want people like me pointing out that why is a woman there working by herself? Why are they suspending someone who just defended themselves and says they did leak the video? <clears throat> uh, she counters that she has no ability to do that. They wanted to be private, that it happened to me, and then I fought back. But I think they did that because they do not want corporate to know. Because if corporate finds out, they may fire her. They probably would. A lot of pizza delivery people have been fired for using a firearm to defend themselves. Uh, <clears throat> same with some of the ride sharing, Uber and Lyft, uh, and maybe others. Same kind of thing. We, In other words, corporations put themselves and the risk of lawsuits ahead of safety for their employees, which uh, is not a good look. WTVO also reported that the owner of this subway is not responding to uh, Satello's calls. Very interesting. That is very interesting. There is a GoFundMe page set up uh, to cover Satello's lost wages and legal feeds. Uh, so that's uh, interesting. Nothing from the store was stolen. Her manager has now suspended her from work, leaving her without a job after she heroically defended the store. And she got a lot of good comments. Uh, Girl, you beat a man with his own gun. You got it. 
I get chills watching her fight for her life. I hope you get compensated for your pain and suffering. Uh, so, th again, this is not a good look for Subway at all. Makes them look like a bunch of cowardly little shits, frankly. The corporate side, anyway. And finally, my friends, yesterday was, of course, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, the man who was president then was George W. Bush. And he was speaking in uh, Shanksville. Uh, Christine Zhao writing this from Microsoft Start, by the way. But he was president 20 years ago. We all remember that. If we were alive, we remember. Um, but he made some remarks that made some Trump fans mad. But I want you to listen carefully to the remarks because I think maybe he had a different target in mind. A former president said, We have been growing, we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only from across borders, but from violence that gathers within. Uh, Bush said in the speech, marking the anniversary at the Flight 93 Memorial, of course, in Shanksville. Bush said there is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism and their disregard for human life and in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. And it is our continuing duty to confront them. <clears throat> Those are the remarks that I have some, some Trump fans saying, hey, are you referencing January 6th? Or are you kind of jumping on that train that this was the worst thing to ever happen to America? I don't know. Uh, it could be. And I would be, I'd be very displeased and disappointed in President Bush for doing something so, so foolish, frankly. And feeding into the, the leftist lies about America and January 6th and President Trump and his supporters. <clears throat> because it's very, very dangerous left-wing rhetoric that white supremacists are the biggest danger and worse than 9-11 and all these other idiotic things. But I want you to pay attention to these words. In their determination to defile national symbols... They are children of the same foul spirit. Now, we know I referenced earlier the Taliban, other, other conquering hordes of evil terrorists and dictators have always destroyed the art, the music, the books, the literature, the culture, the language of where they conquered. Just what the left is trying to do here with the cancel culture. Maybe, maybe that was a not-too-thinly-veiled shot at the cancel culture. I'm not saying it was. I'm saying it cur uh, <clears throat> excuse me, certainly could be the meaning President George W. Bush had in mind. I don't know. So I'm not defending him and not condemning him. But I'm just throwing it out there. That just struck me, those words, as very, very suitable to describing the left in this country these days who seem to be very eager to destroy everything about this country. That's it for me, my friends. Thank you. My voice is, uh, <clears throat> probably should have took the, taken the day off, but just uh, felt the need to do this.
And uh, just an interesting question. <clears throat> uh, the NFL season opens today. Uh, the full slate of games, I guess, opens today. Thursday night was the opening game. But are you watching, not watching, caring, not caring? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm sick of the left trying to ruin everything. And I, I'm always careful not to try to, to take the bait for the left and aid them in destroying everything. Uh, and it seems like the NFL should be smart enough to know that the majority of its fans don't want the BS like the alternate national anthem, like the stupid stickers on helmets, like the, uh, the, the talking points from the leftists like the Black Lives Matter and, and others. And I wish the NFL would just say, you know what? If players want to quit, let them quit. We'll find more players. We're not going to politicize our product. People want to watch football. We do football better than, better than anyone. We're going to present football games. There you go. And walk away and just say, that's it. Uh, I think they would do just fine in the ratings. I think the ratings would go up. And if they were listening right now to me, I would say to them, you do football. Okay? Let social justice, that BS, let communist thugs and agitators do that. You do football. And you'll do fine. Very simple, very simple premise. <clears throat> Stick with the one who brung you or dance with the one who brung you, right? Just keep doing what you do and don't let agitators berate you and intimidate you. The only reason any of these people in Black Lives Matter or any of the other leftist groups have any power is that uh, corporations, giant companies like the NFL are apparently afraid of being labeled racist. They're going to call you racist anyway. They're going to do whatever to get money out of you and power. Do what you do, NFL. Please listen to me. NBA, I think the NHL is already doing it, so good for the NHL. God bless hockey. And thank you, Canada, for hockey. And maple syrup. But anyway, thank you to everyone who listens. I appreciate it. Hopefully these corporations, big companies, will grow some testicles and common sense and spines and push back and say, you know what? We're good. There's the door. See you later. Thank you, my friends. I appreciate you. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I do appreciate it. I apologize for the coughing uh, allergies this, that, there are times when my throat is just irritated as hell. It's been that way for a long time. Uh, who knows? I don't, I'm not even a smoker. So I don't know why. Who knows? But thank you for listening. God bless you. And uh, thank you for all your support of the blog and the podcast. I've told you every episode how to contribute. If you wish to, please do. Thank you. I'm not going to breach you, beat you over the head with that every damn episode. But thank you for listening. This is the 127th episode. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend, a wonderful week. I will talk to you again tomorrow, voice allowing, which I think it will. Take care. Hug your kids. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Be good to your dog. Dogs are such a blessing. Such a blessing. Even when they do goofy things, they're still a blessing. 
God bless you, my friends. Thank you. And again, remember, if you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And go Gators. Alabama coming up soon. It's time to it's time to measure measure how close we are. Take care, my friends. God bless y'all.